Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Amy, proudly the doers of insurance. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Welcome to another monster week of Jack and Flash. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts. And for Amy, the doers of insurance. We are live here on 1629 SEN Tasmania, 1611 SEN Northern Track Tassie and right around the country on the SEN app. Good morning, everybody. No Jack here today, but I'm very pleased, as always, when my old mate Brett Chief steps in for a Friday morning. How are you going, pal? Good morning. I'll be honest, off to a bad start yeah, this mate. morning. Well, run us through it, run us through I'm it. I'm off to a bad start. What the, happened? The, the Salamanca <laughs> car parking ticket machine refused my cards. Three times. It's a nightmare. I'd um, so I just, I've, I've given up on it. I've tried to ring the hotline to make a complaint. Like, Please don't put a ticket on my car. I cannot afford the $900. Popped into the local coffee shop to get a, you a, uh, me a flat white, you a cup of tea. I walked out of there with two cups of tea and, uh, and I had to dart back and, and get the flat white. It's just been a disastrous, <laughs> it's been a disastrous start. So hopefully you've got some news to cheer me up, David. Well, obviously I'm not a coffee drinker, as you know. Um, doesn't get me going. You certainly are. And without your coffee, you are I don't think grumpy. It's, I don't think it's good for you, though. No, is it? What's the science? Isn't No. Nah. I don't think the science is great. But um, I actually read this interesting theory the other day that it's used as a mind control technique. Uh, huge conspiracy theory. It's why there's holes in the wall now selling coffee. And I think per capita, Hobart has the most offerings of coffee in Australia. Wow. That's big news. So, yeah, there you go. Write that down. I'd uh, love to hear vo- your words on coffee. Is it important to you or more <laughs> importantly about the sport that's happening? There's lots to talk about. Text in on 0437 or tweet us at, at SENTazzy. Coming up, this is a great show. Always is on a Friday, but today's good. The Collingwood Director of Coaching, the former Carlton coach who's coming off what was an incredible victory against his old mob. Brendan Bolton's going to join us a little bit after eight, uh, as is Jeff Vaughan uh, today. Lots to talk about cricket-wise with Jeff, of course. Um, news during the week that Tim Payne uh, is making his comeback to first-class cricket. We've got hot or not, uh, plenty to talk about. Jeevesy, um, where do we start? I, I was listening to Sports Day last night um, and our old mate Tony Cochran was back on. Now, we're not going to talk. We know what Tony's view with Tassie football, etc. is, but he did have some... He did have a couple of interesting points, which I'm interested in what you think about this in terms of the club presidents. Well, they, they haven't got any timelines. They haven't had much said to them all. This is what Tony said last night. 
Well, I'm um, I'm like every other president. We're waiting for this uh, proposal from the AFL, which is going to uh, paint the full and detailed picture that apparently the Tasmanian government have or haven't come up with. So until I see that, obviously you can't make a final declaration. Uh, we were promised that uh, sometime in the month of August and we were promised uh, to be given sufficient time to be able to discuss it with our boards. Um, I, I still maintain that, um, you know, I, and I've got nothing against the, the wonderful state of Tasmania and I have no problem with Tasmania have a team. My issue is and continues to be, I do not believe the AFL system um, now and in the foreseeable future can afford a 19th franchise. So that's Tony. So it is the August the 26th. So the, I mean, we were supposed to have heard that August it was happening. Now, let's filter through what Tony said. Again, he was back and waxed through all of that, wasn't he? Still doing what he's been doing with self-interest, etc., etc. I'm more interested about what he's saying with timelines, etc. What What's your read on it? Well, I mean, it's going to roll into September, isn't it? Yep. I don't think there's any question about that. Yes. It, is, it is It is disappointing, you know, as a member of the Tasmanian public, that we're, we're sitting on the promises as well. It's going to be August. It's going to go mm-hmm. to vote. And so the anticipation builds, and it's a talking point, and it will flow into September. My fear is that the longer it flows, the more opportunity it gives to people like Tom Cochran and uh, the Collingwood president, uh, Jeff Brown. Is Jeff Brown the Collingwood president? That's could him. be wrong there. Tom's yep. old man. Um, Good morning to the family. And uh, it just gives them longer to stump up opportunities to to guilt the AFL. Like I, I, I read the other day, and I'm sure everyone saw this as well. I think, and I think it was Jeff Brown produced the AFLW as as the guilt trip as oh, to right. as to why this license can't happen. Yeah, you know, and, and if you want to pull at people's heartstrings, you produce a puppy dog. A child, it's true, or the AFLW, oh, come on. <laughs> and exactly. and so if if this Tasmanian license goes ahead, my fear is that you know it'll it'll have a detrimental impact yeah. to the growth of the AFLW. Tactical, please, oh, uh, my gosh. please, can we just look at this with a sense of logic? Um, yeah, it's um, it's 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 definitely dragging on. Um, we all want it to happen. I, I'm I'm not sure where it heads, David. All right, well, this was the last bit of audio we had from Gil McLaughlin. This was courtesy of 3RW on Friday. Gil talking about Tasmania. The process is coming to a head, I'd say that. We've got um, had a meeting with the Commission on Monday, and I think it was, it was a good, productive meeting. I've got a couple of pieces of homework which to pick up with uh, the right people, and then we've committed to then going back to the clubs, um, you know, sort of, around the end of August, and I think all of those timelines will hold. I can't provide much more detail than that, but I think I think the momentum's good at the moment. But there's not going to be a Tassie team next year, is there? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, if, and this is Cole, if, if it happened, it'd be some years away, and again, I'm not going to speculate about exact date other than to say it certainly won't be for a few. Peggy O'Neill said on Fox Footy last night, the Richmond president, she still hadn't seen a proper proposal about a team. No, that's, none of them have because, you know, there's been discussion about the point of it. The commitment is to come back with a detailed proposal and plan by the end of August, and that's why I've, I've just said I'm confident it's going to happen. So that's Gil with his mates, Neil Mitchell, on last Friday. Um, so, yeah, look, 26th of August, as mentioned, it's clearly been delayed, Brett. Is it a situation now the AFL's kicking the can down the road a bit or is just the process just taking a bit of time? 
you just hope it's the process. Yep. Um, let's get it right. Let's make sure that the proposal we put to the naysayers in Brown and Cochrane and other club presidents is is strong. You know, so that it's hard to hard to deny. Um, I, I've got a question for you. What's the do we do we need uh, do we need a hundred percent of the vote to go through, or is it majority of votes uh, from the for presidents the, yeah, for it to? I think from the first stage with the presidents, they're looking for an eighty percent okay. um, operation because that's not the be all and end all. Um, so yeah, look, we're not getting Tony's vote. So, so I don't we'll, think it's happening. We'll, no, we'll which, start is, at, which we'll is a concern because if we need a hundred percent, I think we're no. in a bit of strife, and it doesn't matter. You know, for Cochrane and Brown, it doesn't matter what the proposal looks like, um, well, unless, of course, there's a heap of money sort of slinging their way. Um, but, but you know, there is. It's it's, it's self-interest, and, and this has been part of the part of the conversation is around why does it sit with the club presidents? Who who is actually responsible yeah. for the growth of the game and and taking it forward? Yeah. Um, this vote should not sit with the club presidents because they are they Incredible. are purely interested in their backyard and their finances and what's best for their list and management and draft concessions and and we get all that like we're we're fans of existing teams we've seen that GWS Gold Coast I mean the the the, the gross hypocrisy from Cochrane is just <laughs> beggar's belief but and uh, um but uh yeah it's um i we we just want it to happen soon but we we want it to be strong as well so if it means we've got to wait dave let's hold off for a couple of weeks and and just pray that that gill is doing the right things behind the scenes and and is, and is stumping up a really strong proposal from the government oh four three seven double five two five three five text in and tell us what you think about the current situation give us a call one three hundred forty two fifteen thirty three one three hundred forty two Fifteen thirty-three. Are you concerned that timeline hasn't met, or are we just really the process is sort of taking its time, etc.? Um, Brett, another big news this week. Um, it looks well. The reports, including from myself, that the former Australian skipper Tim Payne is going to return to first-class cricket with Tasmania. Um, We'll get to talk to Jeff Vaughan about this and get his insight really from the coach, which would be really good to hear. Um, what's your thoughts? Yeah, my my initial thought was um, I I kind of felt like maybe Payne was just going to drift off. Um, he's got a couple of businesses, um, different little interests away from cricket. I thought maybe he would he would just cut ties with cricket and wander off and, um, and, and go and pursue some other things. You know, he's had nine, ten months off now from, um, you know, with, with some leave. I just wonder whether coming back is at, to the detriment of his, um, of his mental health and, and, you know, this period's been quite traumatic for him. It's, it's, it's been a huge ten months. There's been a lot go down, the constant media speculation, uh, the frenzy of that of that second eleven game that he played in when he was you know, on his way to coming back. Um, that that's that's all in front of him again. Uh, tra- you know, he's turned up at training, had a hit. That's it's across all the papers. Um, it's a talking point. Um, you know, there'll be practice matches coming up. He's going to be involved in them. It's going to be the same circus that that he experienced last time. Um, like I said, I, I I wonder whether just kind of drifting off and accepting that a return to cricket might just be a little bit more damaging than, than it looks and go and, go and pursue some other things. That, that was my initial thought. 
the fairy tale of it all is is you know would would be nice. He he does deserve to to finish his career in a, in an appropriate manner, yep. regardless of of what's happened and and what your opinion of that is. His performance as captain. And as a leader of that team, as a culture setter, um, was was very strong. Um, and he should be enormously proud of that alongside Justin Langer. And through that alone, he does deserve uh, a farewell. But my concern is that coming back, he exposes himself to the to the scrutiny and the pressures the and again. the circus again. And, and what impact does that have on him? Um, yeah, and the val- valid points. I, I know certainly t- it's something Tim uh, grappled with for a long time. And I think he certainly got to the stage where he perhaps thought um, on a number of occasions that, you know, that's enough, enough. But what I know with Tim is is that he always wanted to, when his time finished with the Australian cricket team, um, which we all probably agree finished a little prematurely, is that he... He was certainly keen to go back and play another year with Tassie after that um, and potentially the Hurricanes. Now, there's no indication about what he's going to do with the Hurricanes, of course. But, um, look, he's yeah, he's been having a hit for three weeks now. He's kept himself ridiculously fit, as, as you would testify. We know how much his fitness and his that sort of uh, physical health has been important to him. Um, look, he, he's... Yeah, he's really enjoyed um, getting back and um, hitting some balls, and he's been in pretty good touch from from all reports. So I think um, that's what Tim wants to do, give himself an opportunity to get back in the Tassie team. Um, I think well done. Good on him. You're right. It'll come out in the wash, these things, and whenever you make these such big life decisions, um, you know, that can go a couple of ways. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But, yeah, look, I, I think... Um, I think, and we all wish him the the very best, and look forward to seeing how seeing how he goes. I mean, he, you want? Know, I'm interested to ask Jeff about you know in terms of the keeping aspect. I, I would imagine that he would go straight in as the first keeper because no one that's anywhere near as good as Tim, as we know. Time will tell. We've got something off the text here: oh four three seven double five two five three five. David says it's just about getting it right. He's talking about obviously the the Tassie uh, footy situation, which is right. And, and it, as you said, is if that is the case and they're not kicking it down the can, um, the process is perhaps just taking a little bit longer. We're okay with that. But it certainly is a, a process, you know, that I guess it, it is, it's a long process and it's drawn out a little bit. Maybe it's going to take a few extra weeks. I'd love to hear your your opinions on Tim Payne, 0437 Will you be happy to see Payne back playing for the Tigers? And do you think the Hurricanes might want to recruit him? Let us know your thoughts as the morning progresses. Jack and Flash time. Good morning to you if you've just joined in. Brett Jeeves in for Jackie Boy, who's just getting himself really focused for the Tigers' assault on another premiership, potentially. Oh, certainly our... Good producer here, Mitch Scott. He's very bullish that they haven't just got one or two weeks in him. They've got three or four is what he said to me last night. We're all here thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts and Amy, the doers of insurance. What a beautiful morning is this morning, Brett. The weather looks awesome the next few days, 17 and 18. We're up the top here in the in the bird's nest here at Harrison Agents looking over Salamanca. The, the, the sun is just starting to creep over the silos. It is absolutely glorious. You're going to have a ticket. Uh, when, we, when we leave here. I was going to say, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing the beauty in this day just no, yet. That's all right. I'm trying to get Give you me up, some mate. time. Give me some time. Off the text, we've got a couple. Gooch from Sandy Bay has said, Yes, Payne, let's go. You deserve this, my man. 
Gooch from Sandy Bay. Thank you, Gooch. Uh, off the text here, Simon in Galorki. I'd rather take a couple of weeks to nail it than not to dot the I's and cross the T's. Keep the time on. Now is not the time to make a rash decision if it's not right. That was Simon in Galorki. And Paddy in Newtown, get Paney back in purple. Well, certainly no indications at this stage, Paddy, that's the case. But you never know with obviously the... What are we? We're still three three months away from T20 action, but certainly the, all the indications very much that he will be endeavouring to suit up for the Tigers. And we look forward to talking to Jeff Vaughan after the news a little bit later on. Um, discussion points. Okay, Brett, All-Australian wash-up. Um, what did you make of it? Well, no, no, James Sicily. Yes, I'm a Hawthorne supporter, full you disclosure. Are. But yep. uh, his, season, and all. his season was all worlds. Um, Incredible. He, he led, uh, I think he was a number one ranked player across disposals and efficiency and, and down the line. It was 1-1-1-1-1. One, 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 one. Um, I think he took the most intercept marks in the in a, in a home and away season, or intercept possessions. Intercept possessions. Um, he he's had a year, and and the eye test didn't fail that either. I mean, Hawthorne didn't have a great year, but he was a he was a, a beacon down there, true shining lights. Whenever he went near the ball, yeah. uh, good things happened. He did a hugely positive impact on. On all games, um, that that blew me away, uh, and and I think you know Tom Stewart was selected, uh, four week suspension uh, after what he did to press. He effectively yeah. missed five or six weeks because he got he, he was out a couple of minutes in one can't game. Can't pick him. Well, look, I had him in my team. Um, I yeah, I had a pretty good crack at it actually. I only missed four or so, so that was good. But and so I did told me. But I had Sicily in, and I didn't have Sicily in probably halfway through the year. Um, but then the, his stats became so overwhelming. I've watched him twice live the last month, including on the weekend when he played on Norton. Um, they The inside 50 count for that game on the weekend was ridiculous. It was like 71 to 30-something, 30 38 maybe. Double the inside 50s, and, and Sicily just kept getting in the road. You know, he had 30 touches and 16 marks or what have you. He, he, I mean, he does get a lot of cheapies. Oh, yeah, I back. was going to say the, that. The it, switch kick always goes through him. Yeah. Sort of chipping yeah. it to each yeah. other. All of those things. And I heard Jared Healy on Sports Day say, well, if it was a stats game, Sicily would have been in. Which was a bit of a dig at him, of course. And he's entitled to hold his opinion there. But I, he was the one one that I missed. Um, Connor Rosie, um, he had a sensational patch between around round 20... Sorry, start again. Round 14 to round 18. And he had a decent year. I reckon his first two months were ordinary. Um, I don't know how Connor Rosie got on this team. Because you look at the guys that actually missed out and you think, what the dickens? Like, what? how did how did that happen? Um, Maynard was the other one for me. Excellent year. and um, But we're, t- we're, t- we're saying this guy was in the best 22 for the whole year, oh, that, that I think was... I think because he was so exceptional in the second half of the year, Maynard, um, Rosie, Rosie, yes, there's a bit of recency bias that yep. that always kicks. I mean, and, and he was phenomenal. He, the last half of, of the yep. year, he yeah. was he was good. He was fin- completely outstanding. But you um, flip that; it's like the Triple J hottest 100 all the time. If you if you the ones that get forgotten about that were released in February the previous year don't get as much ju- juice mm, as they do in mm. December. In this case. 
Um, absolutely. Because if, if he had a, a fly in first half of the year mm. and his back end was like his front half, well, he's not in the team. I think, yep. I think that's yep. a good point what you make. Yep. Um, decision to, to name Tom Hawkins as captain. We know he's not captain of his club. Um, there's at least four captains in that team. Max Gorn uh, is in there, of course. I, I could make a case of Callum Mills, who I think is an amazing leader, who got in the team as well. Paddy Cripps is the vice-captain. Um, I don't have a major issue with this. Um, we've seen Dangerfield, Franklin, Rance get it previously. Um, yeah, but what, why, though? Some, if, if you can explain the logic as to why you would have a team, an Australian team picked with, with, four, several captains. with four captains in mm-hmm. it, and you don't name any of them as the captain of the All Australian team. What what is that? Yeah, Tom Tom Hawkins isn't even he's, he's not the captain of Geelong. But what? So can you explain why you're comfortable with that? Why why are you okay with um, that? that? That doesn't make sense I, to me. No, I, I guess I don't really have an opinion on it. So comfortable is a different thing. Maybe I if I sit back and think about it, maybe I'm perhaps a little bit more on your side because. Cripps is an outstanding leader. Gorn's the Premiership captain, um, and he's the six-time All-Australian. I, I think I, we would have been happy if Max Gorn did. And look, no one would have said this because most people didn't have Mills in their team, but Callum Mills is an amazing leader, and he's the captain of the team, which is you know a top-four team. So you, you can really create that one of those guys perhaps you know took Miller. You know. It just it just looks like a... Sure. Selection committee saying, "Look at how glorification. Cool, look at how cool we are going down this path. Not cool, because yeah. all, all it does is disrespect the four amazing leaders and Gorn in particular. He's yes. this, one of the strongest leaders of you know, across the last few years. Premiership teams love in him. the top two this year. He's a humble guy, good sense of humour, handles yeah. the media well. His players love him. Hippie um, Ruckman. Hippie Ruckman. Yeah, he's what a, what a guy. Yes, yeah, he's he's our man and." I, I I just think that it, it just shows enormous disrespect to him and the other three guys in that team and and it's a yeah it's it's a real we're cool type statement we picked Tom Hawkins just quickly off the text of oh four three seven double five two five three five Mark from Lonnie a divisive character Sicily stealing Norton's headband hurt him <laughs> uh, he's got a laugh emoji on that we will um, let you know that was yeah look he is a divisive character he's a darn good footballer. Just one before we go to the news. What did you make with the Essendon Circus this week? Your beloved Bombers, you just <laughs> lolling to yourself all week, haven't oh, you? Oh, man. What, a, what an absolute disaster. Oh, um, my goodness. That, that whole saga across the last couple of weeks, it, it sums them up as a, as a footy club, unfortunately. If there's a club that can get it so, so desperately wrong, it's, it's going to be Essendon. And look, may, maybe the clean-out is, is a blessing, a lot of resignations, um, give him a clean start. This this talk potentially of James Hurd coming back as senior coach of the club, it would be the the single biggest mistake in AFL history. A, a bigger mistake than than allowing the supplement saga to to take place. You, he he cannot come back and coach that football club ever again. That cannot happen. Just one off the text here from tickets from Sandy Bay. You can't have a tagger as an all Australian skip. Skip a flash. Um, I imagine he's referring to Callum Mills and probably giving me a little bit of cheerleading advice there. <laughs> well, and I would argue, I think Mills is a little more than a tagger. He's he a very, a very good footballer. Tagger. It is he's a fascinating time. I've just got another uh, text come through from Aussie from Geelong. He said, if Mills is... I'm copying it here. If Mills is such a good leader... Um, why is there two captains at Ge- at the Swans? So Aussie from Geelong is not yes, happy. Yes, Aussie, you are <laughs> copying it. And good. After the three minutes we just had, I'm comfortable with that. Thank you, Anna, for your news headlines. Thanks to Wilson Holmes. Great designs. You'll love B.
been home. The AFLW kicked off last night. Uh, the traditional rivals, um, in the, certainly the men's game for 150 years, very much as it seems like that since the AFLW started. The Blues and the Pies. And last night, Collingwood defeated the Blue Baggers at Icon Park. It's on the Blues' home ground by 18 points. Um, Tassie's topped AFLW draft D from the 2022 AFLW draft, Claire Ransom, who we spoke to on the show, what, three or four weeks ago? Maybe it was five or six weeks ago um, before she was drafted, is going to make her AFLW debut for Gold Coast in Hobart uh, this week when the Suns face North Melbourne at Blunston Arena. So good luck to you, Claire. I've actually got... Can I just touch on this quickly? I've got... A couple of mates of mine um, that have got daughters now that are seven years of age, eight years of age, nine years of age, and I won't mention their names. One of them in particular was uh, poo-pooed the AFLW when it came in more than anybody. His daughter is going to play footy, and she's a gun, and it's coming through the, the schools now, and the girls have got an opportunity to play footy, and I think it's awesome. Well, Flash, this is what it's set up for, is yep. girls that are seven or eight. Correct. Because in Correct. 10, 12 years' time, with, right. the, with the growth... And regardless, Jeff Brown, of the Tasmanian licence, there will be money and, and development oh, of the s- AFLW. It's, it, gonna, it's going to be okay. But the game right now is designed for these seven, seven and eight-year-olds right now to come in and, and prosper off the back of uh, the hard work of, of, uh, of the girls that are uh, playing for, for not much right now. Megan Gaffney and Madison Brazendale, who both got picked up by GWS from Elvis and Launceston respectively, could, we don't know, because the game's a little bit later in the in the weekend, make their debuts when the Giants name their squads to face the Bulldogs, also at Icon Park. Off the test, look, off the text here, I'm just copying it everywhere. Now, by the way, can I just clarify this? I didn't say Mills should have been the captain. I said he could have been a very good choice because... But, but again, people don't watch Swans games, so they wouldn't have a clue. He's better, a better choice than Tom Hawkins, I will give you that. Flash, stop the Sydney bias. Mills captain, more chance of Richie Vandenberg as an All-Australian. That's from David. Thank you very much, David. Well, I thought Vandenberg was pretty good. Look, can I, can I just stick up myself here? <laughs> I put Mills and Heaney in the All-Australian team. I've had him in all year. No one else did. So... Um, Bugger off, everybody. I, th- I think that's fine. Mills and Heaney's fine as a selection. And that, or, I mean, you have a, you do wear Sydney glasses. Right. You, you see the world in a, in a truly red um, kind of haze. But um, I, I think that's fine. Mills, All-Australian, and would have been a better captain than Tom Hawkins. Good, yeah. Not, First not, time you've said something positive about Sydney not up since for, the 2012 Not up for Bay. Well, that was a bad day for me. <laughs> it was a good day for me. I'll give the tip. David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves with you here this morning on a beautiful sunny day, a late winter day in Hobart, which looks absolutely spectacular. Text in 0437552535 or tweet us at, at SEN Tassie. Love to hear your thoughts on all the topics we're talking about this morning. Now, Brett, um, as the big cricket person, the former cricket star in this uh, relationship between you and, my, you and myself, it's with great pleasure that we can welcome this morning Jeff Vaughan, the Hurricanes and Tigers coach, to the radio. Good morning, Vaughan. G'day, boys. How are we? Good, thank you, mate. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. You must be um, just switching your hat back to purple at the moment with uh, the BBL draft coming Sunday evening. Could I ask you just a real simple question to start with? Could we, in terms of how it works and things, just to give all our listeners and myself a bit of clarity, and I asked this, for example, a week ago, so obviously Chris Lim was going to be in the draft, the platinum draft, and then 
he got picked up, obviously, on an 11-game deal with the strikers yesterday. So give us a bit of a snapshot on We know the Hurricanes have got pick eight, for, for example, but in basic terms, um, how's it going to pan out and how, and how can we pick up players or not pick up players? Yeah, I'll try and explain it in layman's terms. I'm very much a layman, so uh, I'll try and simplify it as best possible. Cricket Australia have um, developed a list of 12 players who are called platinum players. Uh, Effectively, that's the the contract that they can be paid or will be paid. Um, So in the first round, of which the eight teams get one selection, we can only take from that platinum list of 12 players. Uh, so in that platinum list, there's, there's players. Rashid Khan is obviously uh, a very sought-after one. Jason Roy from England, Livingston, Billings, Pollard, Russell, David Willey, um, Shadab Khan, a Pakistani, um, Dwayne Bravo, um, I think Chris Jordan and Trent Bolt are in there as well. So in the first round, of which we've got pick number eight, we can only select from that platinum list of players. Now, clubs don't have to select, um, depending upon their salary cap um, and their needs or desires for their list. They don't have to select in in the platinum round, um, but we certainly will. We've got the capabilities to, um, and depending on what happens with the first seven picks, uh, will determine who who we are able to to select with pick number eight. And then it moves to uh, to gold and silver, um, or in the second round from. From picks 9 to 16, we can pick either another platinum player or a platinum or gold level player. Round 3 is gold and silver, uh, round 4 silver and bronze. So that indication is obviously on the back of that is you're, you're, you're ready to pick somebody from every group and you've got obviously the, the space in on the list to do so. Is it, I guess in terms of effectively for you in this form of the game, is it just the best available player or needs so like what's your focus with that it's a great question and and where it's something we've been asking ourselves over the last six weeks or, or so um really fortunate that that our ceo don baker um um the enlisted um, Scotty Clayton, a uh, good Tasmanian man and well-known through AFL circles and, uh, and the draft guru of, of the AFL system. And he's been sitting in on all of our, um, uh, our meetings um, and been asking the exact same question. Um, we've developed a situation where we will go uh, role specificity until we think that the next best player uh, is better than our second or third pick for, for the role-specific type of player that we want. Forney, Jeeva uh, here, mate. Firstly, uh, congrats on the new role. You, you've I think last time we spoke, um, there was talk of your management group just being unbelievable, the five-year deal, and, and, and now the Hurricanes group. Now, I say that facetiously because I know that you manage yourself. Um, so congratulations there. Um, where, does, where does James Faulkner sit in on, on, on all of this? Is he's in the Tigers. We, we, we spoke recently around um, him being a player of interest. Is that, is that on the card still? Yeah, you're a clown to start with, Jeezy. Thank you for that start. Um, it's true. That is true. Jimmy, no, I'm happy to wear that. That's fine. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, is, mate, Jimmy is always a, a sought-after player for, for my perspective. Um, over the last few years, Jimmy's been uh, been training with the with the Tigers program, um, with the the thought of and potential to to or sorry whilst he was a Hurricanes player um same offers been out to Jimmy this year um come out I'd love to play 
Jimmy in Shield cricket, one day cricket, and uh, and the Hurricanes. To be honest, he's a, a hell of a player, hell of a person to have around our group. Um, be it in a training environment or on match day, where he has utmost belief in his skill set. And when he's up and going, he's there's not too many better in the land or, or probably in the world, to be honest, um, than James Faulkner at uh, at full tilt. Um, offers there. Um, we'll, we'll continue to talk with, with Jim. He's having a bit of a break at the moment. Um, middle of winter isn't probably his ideal time. Um, but uh, look, he'd, uh, he's always welcome uh, down at Bunston Arena. I imagine now, what do you, what do, you do before Sunday night, um, Vaughan? You get it you, yourself and Ricky, the team. You, I, I would imagine you've got some uh, a little board there with priorities in terms of who you think you might get or you know is it Trent Bolt might go to eight or whatever it is and you'll have a you'll have a big meeting and and sort of all or before and then gather Sunday night yeah, we've had um, so, so our staff. We've got a couple of people over in the in the hundred at the moment. Um, Darren Berry, our assistant coach, and our analyst is over there. We've got James Hopes, who's uh, situated in Brisbane. Ricky's been around the globe, so we've been having um, uh, lots of meetings a couple of times a week over the last six weeks, just uh, strategising our um, how we want to go about Sunday. We're pretty close um, with where we've landed thus far. We've got another meeting tonight just to to finalise. Our, our play. A lot of it's been around um, trying to develop an understanding of what other teams may pick in that first platinum round um, so to determine what may be left. And then once you get a platinum player, that sort of then will um, determine where we go with picks number 16 and 17. So um, depending on the player type, we've got two or three different scenarios that we think may may roll out. And if it's Player A um, that we end up with in the platinum round will determine what we get with 16 and 17 and and so on. So it's look, it's, my head's been spinning the last six week, weeks. It's been a, a great learning curve for me uh, and for everyone involved because in cricket we don't do a draft. It's it's something that's brand new. Um, hence why uh, we invited Scotty Clayton in, who's been a, a wealth of knowledge for us. Um, but a great process for us to be to go through, and and we'll be far better for it. Um, had certainly been spinning at different times and trying to work out how how it all looks. The draft is an, a traditional AFL-type draft because you need to take into account player availability. So of those 12 platinum players, they're all available for different amounts of, of the tournament. So that comes as part of our strategy, determining what type of player we want. Do, do we want a better player who's only available for four games or do we take a so-called lesser player who's, who's available the whole tournament? Vaughan, you've, you've actually answered the question I was about to ask. How, how important is that availability to you? I mean, if you, if you look at those 12 platinum players, are you prior, you, you, you may have answered a little bit there, but is the priority to bring someone in that's available for all games? Or, or are you looking to just cash grab on, on those four games and hoping that, that you get real bang for your buck? So we've ranked, we've ranked those 12. Um, so depending on um, where we who's available at pick eight will determine if we if we could get I mean everyone would know player in the in the tournament or best player in the competition if you could get him for five or six games there's no doubt you're going to to select him um, but um, Adelaide Strikers will almost certainly uh, take him with their, their first pick so depending on how deep that list goes um, will determine um, which way which way we fall our our preference is to have longer term, longer term players. So if it uh, if 
there's a, a line ball call and, and one player can, is only playing half the tournament versus the next player who's going to play the entire tournament will certainly go that way. Um, probably at platinum level, uh, none of those players will be here for, well, very few of those players will be here for the, for the whole tournament. So you take it at platinum level, but then our preference will be from pick 16 and 17 will be players who can play for the majority of the tournament. Vaughnie, uh, moving on to the four-day form of the game. Um, now, I'll hit the negatives on the head straight away in terms of we know that the first Shield game is the 6th of October up at the Gabba. Uh, injuries, form, all those things will can be taken into account. But uh, all being equal, do you expect Tim Payne to have the gloves of that first Shield game at the, Bris- at the Gabba? Look, Payne's been back training with us for a week and a half. Uh, it was the shortest comeback on, on in history because he was back for two days and then went down with illness. So the boy he copped a bit of stick about that. I can uh, I can assure you, um, he's been excellent in the in the net. Um, but, uh, but look, we we know that uh, that net form doesn't necessarily mean much. We've still got another three or four weeks before two two weeks till we go on away on a, a pre-season tour, um, and three or four weeks before that first game. So we'll see how he's going. We'll see how the whole group's going. How Jake Doran's going as our our wicketkeeper, and and we might give ourselves a bit of time just to to get our head around it. It's it's only popped up the last couple of weeks, as as everyone has seen, um, and we'll determine. Um, when we get closer to that selection date, um, but look, he's been he's been excellent in the in the nets. Um, it's uh, it's like he's been able to just to jump back on his bike and, and get going again. Um, there's certainly no signs of him uh, him losing his skill set at all. Vaughnie, how do you, how do you, how do you prepare the playing group for the return of of, of Tim Payne? So. You know, in, in, in normal circumstances, having Tim Payne back as a as a leader, player, wicket keeper, would be an unbelievable thing. Welcome in with 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 open arms and and the groups up and about for it. I guess in this instance, the challenge is managing the group with the the inevitable circus that that comes with it. So, the media scrutiny, um, the backroom chatter, all those types of things. Is is there some special preparation, particularly for maybe some of those younger players who had never been exposed to that level of of media scrutiny? Or you know, I, I look back to that second 11 game where Payne tried to, to come back and make a return. I mean, there, there, were, there were photographers hanging out of trees at Lindisfarne. It was, it was chaos. Um, what's, the, what's the plan in terms of prep for the players um, across that? Yeah, look, I think from, from Tim's perspective, he's certainly media savvy and has, has gone through uh, or understands how that works. I've got no real great concerns um, re-Tim in that regards. From our younger players' perspective, A, Tim is probably one of the best allies or best supports for, for all of our, our young group, a uh, wonderful leader of those young men. Um, so they, 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 are, they are very excited to have him back involved. And in terms of a circus, I'm not expecting... A hell of a lot. If there is, or if there happens to be media around the place, I think it's great preparation for our for our younger players as well. Our objective, our our, our dream, our goal for all of our our young players is to one day send them off into the Australian team and a circus, for want of a better term, that uh, surrounds the Australian team. So any sort of preparation that we can we can provide them um, is only going to make them bigger, better, and stronger, and, and and more capable when we when we do send them off. So no great concerns in that regard. The group are really excited to have Pony around the place. He's he's great around the group. He's a wonderful leader, very mature man, um, and good support throughout the entire organisation. 
Vaughney, thanks so much for joining us, mate. We look forward to chatting to you over the next four, six, eight weeks as the cricket season becomes uh, closer and closer. You must be terribly excited about it, and we, uh, we, we love having you here on SEN, mate. Thanks again. Good on you, boys. Thanks very much. Thanks, mate. That was Jeff Vaughan with some great stuff there for us about the Hurricanes and Tassie Tigers coming up. too late to say sorry here on Jack and Flash. Um, Jack never says sorry, and I do occasionally, but I'm actually going to ask Brett for an apology here. Uh, I've been smashed. Uh, come again. Hang on a second. I've been smashed. <laughs> we've I... not spoken about I want to, please, we've not no. spoken well, about this, and I'm apologising. Well, we've only got a minute to go before the news, but I'm not asking for apology from you, that's for sure. Right, okay. I have been smashed about this Isaac Heaney stuff for the last three months. Um, to all my good friends, Burley from Tranmere, uh, Luke Sticks Jackson calling me a cheerleader. Um, well, sometimes cheerleaders who actually know what they're talking about get it right. And I was thrilled to see Isaac Heaney, Boy Wonder, get into the All Australian team. And by the way, there's bigger fish to fry for Boy Wonder over the next month, Brett. Because I think they can uh, challenge for a flag, and that's the most important thing in all this. Oh well, I would agree. I think Heaney's a star. Oh, he's, he's an, an absolute, absolute gun. Star. Yeah, and he's. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, almost one of the first picked in, the, in your, in your All-Australian forward line. I would have thought Does so. it all. Uh, so, yeah, I'm happy to apologise on behalf of I those people that you, have come. There you go. But that's not, it's not my beef with you. No, it wasn't we'll just We'll continue to discuss our beef off air. Yeah, we've got lots think, of beefs, yeah. but that's good. Welcome to another massive hour of Jack and Flash. Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts. And for Amy, the doers of insurance, we're live here on 1629 SEN Tasmania, 1611 SEN track northern Tasmania, right around the country on the SEN app. David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves with you this morning. And we'll move straight away into our next guest. What a pleasure it is to have the little worm from Georgetown, as he's named <laughs> Brendan Bolton. Good morning to you, young man. Thanks for joining us this morning. Flash, Juicy, how are we both? Hey, mate. Terrific, mate. Thanks so much for uh, giving us your time. I, I would imagine, firstly, um, what a big week it was and what a fascinating game of football against uh, your old mob the other day. Um, Gee, it was exciting, wasn't it? 90,000 in the house. Um, how was the vantage point in the coaching box at Collingwood, mate? Yeah, well, I think I've aged a little bit this year, Flash. The, the ticket's been <laughs> going at over 200. We've had oh, a dozen or so <laughs> games. So you'd think I'd be getting used to it by now, but it, no, it was an amazing uh, amazing game. And, um, you know, full credit to our players. In, in those tight games, you, you can't beat lived experiences. And we've... You can train them all you like, but we've been in about a dozen of them, so our players are pretty clear on what's required, and they've executed again. How are you enjoying your time at Collingwood, Brendan? Like you've you're working with McRae and Lepich, a couple icons from the Brisbane Footy Club. Once upon a time, um, uh, a new role for you. Um, in a snapshot, how, how's it been? 
you probably should start with Fly. Um, what a fantastic first year he's had. He's, um, he's, abs- he's so optimistic. He always looks through a positive lens and that sort of uh, just pushed right through the whole club, let it be coaches and, and players. And he's an outstanding storyteller, so his messages can stick. You may have heard he talked about the windscreen wiper analogy the other day where you just push mistakes to the side. And <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Uh, you know, his optimism and his storytelling has just created so much belief. Um, and then with us as coaches, we've got a really new group, all very different personalities, but he's given us autonomy and um, just like players, acknowledges... Uh, us when we do um, work that he's pleased with. So, you know, he's creating belief not just with players and, but coaches. So well, I've really enjoyed my role. I've um, been able to assist uh, the other coaches in the director of coaching role and also help Scott Selwood out with the midfield. So it's been a nice little blend and a good change. Balti, uh, firstly, congratulations for not hanging up on Flash after he called you the Georgetown worm. That could have ended disastrously, no, disastrously we'll get for back us. To that <laughs> good, good. No, that's good. We're keen on that juice, um, mate. Could you could you have seen this turnaround taking place? Is is is, is this something that you envisaged heading into the season that that you would make finals that that you would be top four? Talk, talk us through the expectations uh, of the season heading into it. Yeah, it's a great question. I think, funnily enough, this game is so analysed and evaluated and dissected on so many fronts that uh, when we're starting from the position we were, there wasn't a lot of expectation, which I think really frees and clears the minds of players that are under the microscope so regularly being AFL footy. So I think that really helped in, in one way, but I was... After a month of training, I was really surprised on a couple of fronts. I thought we had players with um, really good decision-making and skill level, execution by foot. That surprised Fly, Leper and I in particular. And the other layer was there were some players that we thought have uh, traits to be able to coach in the future. You know, Scott Pendlebury's a a coach in waiting. Um, Billy Elliott knows the game inside out. Jeremy Howe. Taylor Adams. So we're really fortunate that um, they're sort of on-field coaches. And once uh, they felt like they had power to make decisions um, combined with some skill level, I think it really opened up for us. So we sort of became more optimistic about how quick and fast we could climb than than when we started. Nick Dacos, the son of the great one, um, when did you know? When did you know this kid was going to be what he is? <laughs> Oh, the first training session pre-season. He's uh, obviously, you know, there's so many zones now where you, you've got players uh, scattered around the oval making decision-making really hard and he had the ability to just hit a nice little pitching wedge right into the middle of a deep zone of 18 players and most people just try and pierce their way over the flat kick. He could just sort of somehow find a way and lob it in the middle. Just a great decision-maker. And, for the, and what about another one I wanted to ask you this morning, the Collingwood fans out there, how's Taylor Adams tracking? Is he a chance for the final next week? Yeah, no, he's a, he's a real chance and really important to us around our contested style of play. We know he's an absolute bull and he generates spirit um, for our group with his tackling and winning the hard footy. So, And he's a leader, so he organises really well, particularly in and around stoppage. So he's a player that we need and uh, really hopefully be right for the first final. 
Bolts, you spoke um, before we lost you about uh, uh, the game being so analysed at the moment. You've got you've got two weeks to prepare for Geelong. Can you overdo it? Can you actually overcook the vision and uh, look too deeply into into what they do, or is two weeks perfect amount of time to to be able to to prepare appropriately? No, that's a that's a good question. We made I, I can remember at Hawthorne in uh, final against Geelong, a uh, similar scenario and. The coaches did exactly that. We over-prepared, um, analysed everything, um, probably then messaged too much of that analysis to the um, playing group. So what we've got to be able to do this week is do all the background analysis, but be really um, mindful about what he's then put in front of the players because we don't need to change too much going into finals. There might be a couple of things that we need to be aware of with Geelong, but try and play our way. But um, yeah, the keys to analyse, but not put too much of that analysis in front of the players and I think we'll just probably do that later in the week um, similar as we have in the season proper and you've you've become the clutch kings it's, it's been amazing the amount of games that you've won inside six points you know I'm sure that there's some freak stat um, you know you spoke about your heart rate being above 200 beats per minute mm. at, at a lot of stages throughout the year how, how do you prepare for those clutch scenarios to you know to give yourself the best chance at winning which you've obviously been able to do yeah no Flora spoke about this publicly a few times we we probably once a week get um a good chunk of sort of 18 v 18 training um in and around many other drills and in that time all year we've trained when we're in front only a few minutes to go or we're behind uh we've got to lock the game down so training that puts the 18 players on the oval um in a mindset where they all need to be connected, they all need to know what their role is. And that's difficult when you've got so many players to try and get that one sort of brain on the oval. So training's been one thing and it's been really, it's been regular. But the other thing, which I think really has helped us is the lived experience. You can train it all you like, but it's actually happened to us in games. So in a tight final, um, you know, we'd be quietly confident that we can execute to either chase a lead or, hold a lead at the right time because you can't beat living it. And once you've lived it and successful at it, which is the second point, I think we've had about a dozen games where we've won like that, you build um, an expectation and a, a positivity that you can do it. So training and playing has really helped. Uh, can I look forward to, to next week, Bolts? It's, uh, it's been an amazing 2022. Um, uh, firstly, a two-part question from your perspective. I... I feel like this has been one of the best years in decades in terms of the, what the footy's offered, the evenness of the competition, um, the potential for several teams to have spiked and, you know, the, the Cats look a completely different side. The Swans have done what, you know, a, a few people expected but have probably come a little bit sooner, a, a bit like your pies. Um, Two-part question... Obviously, the year as it is is happening and it's been exciting, as mentioned, but it does feel like it's super open. I mean, there's a flag to be won from somewhere and, and, I, and I'm not sure any of us know who's going to win it. No, that's fair and that's what's been so exciting about the year, Flash, hasn't it? Like anyone on any day can win and, you know, in spite of us finishing in the top four, it's always been by close margin. So I think um, it's going to be a really exciting um, finals campaign this one but the, the one thing I think still holds true is because um, teams are so even there's going to be momentum swings you know there's going to be times where 
teams yes. um, pile on some goals or the opposition have their momentum and who can manage that? So the ability to cash in when you're getting your opportunity and you can feel it um, sort of swinging your way when the opposition have their momentum, although it might be locked in their forward line for a while, can you hold up and um, not, not let the scoreboard get away from you? So I think teams that can manage the moment and manage those momentum swings with such a close, even comp are going to get the result. And that takes real leadership. Can we switch our focus back over to the Tassie footy discussion, Bolts? Um, I know your personal views on it. How have you seen how things are tracking in terms of the, the future with Tassie footy uh, getting a team finally um, over the next few years? What's, what's your view? Oh, it's pretty strong and passionate um, on this one. But, um, you know, I'm speaking as a Tasmanian more than a Collingwood employee, obviously, but it's undeniable yes. Um, we should, and then it's the why, and it's because it's this higher purpose. We belong. Um, um, it becomes truly national, and then we have this real sense of connection that we belong to something that's bigger than just our local footy club, and um, I think that's really important. Um, you look at just, you know, this week, the emotion of Carlton supporters, the emotion of Collingwood supporters, well, why can't, Tasmanians have that emotion and generate those conversations all week and talk about the game that they are at. Um, yeah, it'll be truly national game when the, when and if Tasmania get a team, and that's one layer. But there's multiple layers. Why we should um, the big one around ambition. You know, youngsters in Tassie having a a carrot to chase. Um, it's really hard to try and have kids dreaming when you can't see or touch something. You know, they've got to travel to Melbourne. There's the odd game in Tassie, obviously, but I think that ambition um, really important. You see what's happened with the basketball down there. I think it's terrific. It gives another layer for kids to dream, but uh, a Tassie team uh, will have, have that, no doubt. Um, I know it was a few years back, but when the Tassie Devils were in the VFL, it gave senior players an opportunity to dream, although it wasn't AFL footy, so I think that's important. And then you now another another and third layer I've been thinking about a lot is Tassie footy's changed a lot in the last 15 or 20 years. If you think about it, there's been a North-South comp, there's been a statewide league comp, um, it's swapped again. Uh, there was a TAC Cup Mariners that were permanently playing, there was a VFL team. It's just changed so often, I think Having an AFL team will give everything underneath an absolute strong backbone, um, which channels everything towards that. Um, so yeah, pretty passionate about. Um, I hope it hope it gets through, but we'll, we'll wait and see. The powers to be will determine that. And you know, there's there's even other layers around um, the economy and all the social ripples, but uh, they're bigger and broader topics. So let's see where it goes. Well, it's a um, couple, of, couple of real key words in there that, that actually, whenever I think about you as a person, uh, spring to my mind. So and, um, and ambition is one and, and dreams. Um, you know, I want to take you back 20 years ago. You were a, a oh, first-year first teacher at uh, Rosetta High School. Uh, maybe second year. You are a couple of years older than me. I was out there as a teacher's aide. And I, I could never quite get a read on, on, on what you were about and, 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 and what you were trying to achieve. You know, I was a young, silly 19-year-old that didn't know what I know now. And so, you know, you were always studying. Um, uh, you finished your degree. I think you went into a, 
uh, uh, some sort of honours in biomechanics and and then you were doing an AFL coaching course on the side and whilst everyone around you was you know, similar age, and we're all talking nonsense about the weekend. You were studying. You know, you're always working towards something. And I, I see now what you were working towards. You were destined to be in the positions that you've been and the position that you've been in now. And I, I hope you're enormously proud because I look back on that year with just absolute admiration um, for, for, the, for the dedication that, that you've given um, yourself um, and the opportunities that you've created for yourself on the back of that the question I've got on, on top of that is where, where does that come from? Where does that drive come from for you? You know, where, when I speak to people about you, they all say the same thing. What is it in you that, that has you aspiring to, to, to be in the position that you're in now at, at, at that early age, 2021? This is, this is what you've always wanted. Yeah, thank you. I remember the time at Rosetta. It was, um, yeah, it was a, dirt, a great please, learning Brendan, curve. Like, as dirt as you I, can. Look, I was hopeless, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had some good fun there and the terrific kids and teachers and learn a lot but you know I can remember once um, getting out of Dad's car um, my dad passed a few years ago unfortunately but um, I was going into school I was only in year 10 and Dad goes oh sh- shit and excuse my language he goes I've got to go to I've got to go to work today and he was doing that work for 25 years and I'm thinking that's the definition of insanity and I was thinking about it during the day on and off. And I come home and I said, what on earth are you doing? And he said to me, find work you love and compensation will follow, even if it's not in money. And I sort of repeated that in my mind. It was a bit of a moment in my head when I was a kid. Find work you love and compensation will follow, even if it's not with money. So I chased the footy dream and wasn't quite good enough for AFL footy, but loved football and loved being connected to something and feel like I belonged. Um, and I really enjoyed helping kids and teaching. So merge the two together, uh, you become a coach. So that's that was the driver underneath, um, really. Um, but when I was growing up, I can remember dra- travelling from Georgetown to York Park and being on the hedge at the back watching David Rhys-Jones, Dunkley, um, you know, Steen Kremerskoth, and there's heaps of names, Dale Chug. They were sort of my idols growing up. You couldn't get to AFL footy or see it as regularly. And then... When I started playing, I learned a lot from Scott Hawkins and Adam Sanders and Gavin Cooney was just a great competitor I loved playing against or with. And they were all our idols. But, you know, if Tazzy footy um, changes and we have AFL, players will be able to look at and, and be close to people like Jeremy Howe, who's probably the best aerialist you'll see, Jack Rewalt, Grant Birchall. There are a few in the last 10 years. That's a total different view than what I had and I think it's really important for kids to be able to dream and um, see and touch um, the top level at the moment it happens but it's more difficult for Tasmanians because they've got to travel over here or the odd game in Tassie uh, on another note, uh, your old uh, master and a good friend of yours, Alistair Clarkson, back in the AFL fold, and he's, he's gone back to his roots. We've been talking about Tasmania and Georgetown, North Launceston, etc. Um, what's your thoughts on Clarko going back to the Kangas? Oh, I think he had to get back in. He would have drove his wife, Karen, absolutely mad because you talk about a competitor. <laughs> he just loves competition <laughs> at, any, at any level. Um no, it's terrific for North Melbourne. Um, it's got a nice feel to it, hasn't it? Because he's played, and that was his first club. Um, he'll drive standards. Um, he'll, uh, you know, he'll bring the club tight and connected. 
Um, I think it's terrific for him and terrific for AFL football. And I, I think it probably gives North Melbourne some real stability. Just one more before we let you go, Bolts, and we really appreciate your time. Off the text, this is for you. Ask Bolts, is he coming back to the 2003 North Hobart Premiership reunion? I reckon that may have been a Robbie Devine. I'm not sure who would have sent that text in, but if he's about it, it'd be a pretty scary uh, reunion. There's many a story there, Flash, and um, we'll have a really good laugh, but I'd look forward to it. Hopefully they can put it on a bye week in the AFL so I can get there. Uh, we really appreciate your time, Bolts, and in your case, all the best for the next month. I tell you what, it's going to be an exciting month of football, and um, we love seeing you back involved with Collingwood, and um, success is following you again, mate. It's uh, terrific to see. Thanks, Flash. Thanks, Jersey. Good to have a chat, eh? Go the pies. I've never said that before, but Boltsy, go the pies. I am with you 100%. <laughs> Great to have Brendan Bolton with us this morning. The Collingwood Director of Coaching and very proud Tasmanian. Brendan Bolton, Jeevesy, he's... Uh, he, he's sent, uh, I said the worm from Georgetown. One of his nicknames is the bookworm, of course. And ah, that, and right, that's OK. Always, well, that, well, that makes sense. It's always been the case, yeah. hasn't it? He's so thorough um, in his processes. I, I feel really good for him. Like, things at Colton just didn't work out. You know, he, he gutted that footy club, and he gutted it from the, the bottom. Um, they started again. Now, it's three years since he's been sacked, by the way, and they're still not in finals. And they've paid... The, they, they left all that salary cap room open for all that time, and they brought in Zach Williams and Saad and all these players and topped up the list to head to the Premiership. And here we are three years later and still not playing finals. I think, I think it's important to recognise um, that... So I read Robert Robert Walls, you know, gave, gave both huge, huge, huge props right for... To the end. For, for where Colton yep. is at right now. You yep. know, so in terms of this year, whilst I've not made finals, and uh, that was back in May that the Wolves made the comment, but um, you know, B- Bolts is certainly recognised as a, as a key driver of, of Colton's success this year. And uh, I'm, I'm honestly, like I said, you know, when I was 19, 20, I, I, was a little, I was a little silly. And I, I just couldn't work out where Bolts was at. He, he, you know, he's a, he had his teaching degree. I just assumed that was it. You got your teaching degree, you're a life teacher. Um, but Bolts was always looking towards something bigger. And, um, you know, as I said, I, I admire that hugely. And he's achieved everything he's ever wanted to achieve, um, certainly from a coaching standpoint. And, yeah, I, I hope he's enormously proud because it's, he's done an, an, an amazing job. Well, of course, he was at Hawthorne with that glorious era, um, that so much success, the right-hand man, if you like, for our Clarkson. Um, you know, and then obviously his Carlton sort of thing didn't work out. But it's always been mixed sort of report that there's a lot of people at Carlton that absolutely still to the end believed in Brendan Bolton. And of course, it was always going to be hard when you're dealing with the billionaires on that board too. Yeah, I was going to say the the environment wouldn't have wouldn't have helped him there. Uh, lack of surety. Yes. I, mean, I think his contract was was year to year. He wasn't given a uh, an, an an extended run at it with with some continuity, but. Um, yeah, you know, as a Hawthorne supporter, I remember he, he took over from Clarko for a stint. Clarko was unwell yeah, and undefeated. Bolts was just a breath of fresh air, Seamless. smiling and happy, yes. and and that kind of you know sums up his personality. He's a really you know beautiful man with a you know a really beautiful soul, um, a, a giver. You know, wants to help and um, yeah, like I said, it's um it's it's awesome that he's he's achieving what he's um what he's achieving at Pl- the moment. Plenty of texts coming through. Hamster from Surreal saying Bolts, what a legend, um, a great Tasmanian. I agree with that hamster. He certainly is. Um, glossy in Launceston saying, be great at some point to get Bolts to get some genuine public credit. 
for his rebirth of Carlton. What a ripper. I agree with that, Glossy. No doubt about that. And this one from Flash from the Trove. The All-Australian side was pretty good this year with no real glaring omissions. That's his first point. And secondly, it's great to get Payne back in first-class cricket. Jeff Vaughan, fantastic listing. P.S. I'm still celebrating Clarko's appointment. Great kangaroo man, of course, Flash <laughs> from the Trove. Um, it is a great appointment. It was interesting to hear Bolt say that and talk about his wife, etc. And so Karen's just, you've got to get him out of the house. I mean, some people are just made on this earth to do a job, and obviously that's the same with Clarko. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I heard uh, I heard that Flash and, and the four other North Melbourne supporters in Tasmania are all right. caught up, all yeah. caught up and uh, celebrated the Morning, Clarkson. Morning, Jeremy Smith, you <laughs> Celebrated the Clarkson appointment, but no, no one celebrated more than Sonia Hood, who, um, you know, on Twitter she came out and uh, was you know, was quite open in, in her joy around... I mean, she uh, done a great job. ...in Clarkson, yeah, yep. Now they're, hopefully they're on the... Hopefully they're on the turn... Um, the ruse. Yeah, look, it's a tough battle. They've been trying to be sent down here for years. To Eddie's been trying to send them down here for years. The <laughs> AFL probably deep down yeah. always wanted them I to think come so. down here. I think so. Um, to, to be fair, it was Clarkson or bust for the ruse. I, 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 so. I truly felt, you know, if they didn't get Clarko, they were... It's hot. Real hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. This is hot. It's so damn hot. Not... Wait. Hot or not time here on Jack and Flash. Great to have your company. We've had a great morning, Brett Cheese. We've spoken to Jeff Vaughan, who gave us all the information in terms of brilliant stuff with Tassie Cricket. And what about Bolts? He was outstanding. He was the master. Yeah. Hot or not. Now, I'm going to get us started here. Okay. Go. You. Go. Hot or not, David Noble would be a solid appointment to the Tasmanian team should it get the nod. Do you know what? I got some mail... Got some mail this week that David Noble may be interested in a role like this. He feels like a perfect appointment for something like this, no doubt. So it's a hot. No, you're it's hot. It's hot. Hot as a pistol. You are hot. Well, are you and hot? The, concern, the concern is, of course, with, with David Noble is that he'll be very highly sought after, you know. So do you get in now, shop early, and give him that full three years and give him a proper run at it? I think it's it, it's something that... that that confuses me greatly that, you know, he, he was identi- identifying all the cultural issues within North Melbourne and was trying to, to, to rectify those issues. Unfortunately, just he wasn't getting the support. I, I think what speaks volumes to, to, to the respect the football community has for him, David, is his appointment to, to the St Kilda Football Club uh, to conduct their review, uh, which, which will take place. So he's obviously well-respected. So it's a hot from you. Hot or not here, Brett, this is for me to you. The Dane Zorko sledging incident has been overblown given the Melbourne players reportedly got stuck into Dwayne. Yeah, uh, well, Dane's, Dane's, had a, Dane's had an interesting week, isn't, isn't it? It's, um, I think it's, uh, I think not. I think not. I think nah. it's, it, it, it's, all, it's all got completely out of hands. Um, you don't you don't want that that level of sledging. It's not two thousand and and six. Travis Bird v Justin Langer. Um, you know we don't we don't need these these types of things pro- popping up in the game anymore. The way society's shifted and and hopefully you know it's uh, there, there's there's some real lessons learned for, for all players across the code and 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 we can all move forward. Agree. Now, David, hot or not, the AFL must scrap the pre-finals by. Far out, I'm torn on this. Uh, I've always said, yes, they should scrap it. However, um, 
I've sort of been an NFL person. I've watched the what's happened there the last couple of playoffs. They always have before the, the end of the regular season in the NFL, they have a break before they have the wild card round, etc. Um, I am saying it's a not. I'm okay with nah, it. You get everyone fresh right to go. Yep, I'm ticking off. And now I've changed my mind on that. I'm just not sure what are we meant to do this weekend. No, that's it. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I'm lost. I'm completely lost without it. Yeah, it is tough. Like we just we, we wish the finals were cranking up tonight. There's no doubt about that. Um, hot or not, Brett? Any of the eight teams that have made the finals can win the flag. Not. No, not. Nah. Okay, so who can? Well, the Bulldogs can't. Right. They can't. So, or they didn't. I oh, know. Yeah, they're in. They they scraped yep. in. Yep. As much as I'm go pies, I'm I'm still not sure about the pies. I know they're they're hot, they're so hot, but um, they're young. Yes, the finals footy is a little bit different. I'm I'm to me that's almost the thing I'm most excited about about seeing is how their form translates into into finals footy. Um, um, who else can't win? Okay, it? so dogs are out, Do- pies are out, Dockers can't win it, Dockers can't win it, Brisbane, Brisbane, Brisbane can't win it. So so you've got. The top four, effectively. I think so. Yeah, it's it's Sydney. And what's Melbourne, your ranking? Geelong. What's your ranking? I think Melbourne, Geelong, Sydney, Collingwood. Okay. Yeah, that's probably fair. Happy with that? Yeah, I probably agree with you. Well, who um, who's the team outside the four that can win it? None of them. None. No, I'm with you. Well, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think the dogs can. I mean, the dogs haven't shown anything for me this year. On paper, you're still like I watched them on the weekend. Thought, why are these guys trying to scrape yeah, in the finals? They've got I the deepest it. midfield, yeah. like you yeah. know that. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But no, that I I think you're. Obs- so what what is it with the dogs then? I mean, you've, you've, you've caught them a bit this year. What is it? Lack of polish into the four. I mean, seventy-one um, entries. You know, Norton seems to have to do a lot on his own. Like that. You see who looked good was uh, young oh, Darcy. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he's going to be a player. Nice. Do you want to? Oh, he did. He had a ten-minute patch the other day. We yeah. thought, oh my gosh, there, yeah. there's a. There's a six-time Australian Brownlow yeah. medalist right there. He, he fills out, and he's 205 centimeters, and he moves like a wing. Like he, he doesn't, he doesn't look like a 205 centimeter dude. I tell you, um, Hugo Hagen's looks oh, improved as oh, well. Like his hands yeah, are steady, actually starting to clunk the ball a little bit, clean. which is a real positive. So their forward line, Norton, Hugo Hagen, and um, and Darcy for the future certainly shapes up quite well. Um, all right, hot or not. With no Novak Djokovic, Nick Nick Kyrgios should be the favourite to win the US Open. <laughs> well, said all a bit. No, it's not. No. Nah, However, this is this is exciting. You know, finally Nick has now got to a stage where uh, he is playing super consistent. Um, if Wimbledon points had sort of counted in terms of the world rankings, he would be uh, in the top ten as we speak. Um, He's found his groove, Jeeva, at 27 years. Have you have you turned? Have you are you on his? Not quite. No, no, no not not quite. I, I still don't like the way it goes about. I mean, the the whole red cap to Wimbledon thing really. You know, I, whilst I'm a bogan, and I've got traits that are questionable. Uh, you you need, are a bogan. You need you need to to pay your respect to to the tradition of the tournament that you're in. Yeah, and we everyone knows. The ten that the Wimbledon is all white. His red hat. Yeah, that really irked me. He just didn't need to do it. We're yep. a, we're a white nightcap. It just was too way. It's just he just goes out of his way to be disrespectful. Razzle dazzle. 
spoke, spoken <laughs> by the bloke that used to eat Dagwood dogs when the, the, the tea truck came out and um, shoot cricket. Like I said, I have some questionable traits, <laughs> certainly around food and, um, yeah, you know, and my haircut. Hot or not, Jamie Elliott is the 2022 Clutch AFL Player of the Year. Oh, it's hot. He's hot. So hot. He is, Stop it. it. You're hot. And you, and you kind of feel – that was a bit erotic. You, you kind of feel that um, – He's almost a bit of a, a bit of a key for Collingwood, isn't he? So oh. over the over the last you know eight nine years, he's been in and out, injury, there's hips, there's back injuries. He's had a really good run at it. Yes, um, yeah. Certainly back half of the year, um, and he, his his best football is certainly up with with the best of you know, all those small all Australian Ford, Stengel, Cameron. Um, yeah, Jamie Elliott probably offers a little bit more. He runs through the midfield. Um, yeah, he's a super player. It felt like with Jamie Elliott, he was almost injured for four years. You know, the mm. poor bloke just couldn't get a run at it from the age of 24 through to – and it's really this year where he's finally all put it all together and what a – well, he, he has been unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, he's always he, – he's pieced it together in patches and then he doesn't just get injured. He gets, gets proper injured, 14, 15 weeks with, you know, uh, big-time surgery. So – um, hopefully he can remain fit for the for the finals because you know if Collingwood are a chance he he needs to be at his absolute best. Stop it! Hot or not, hot or not for you, flashy. Rossi Lyon is the best fit for Essendon of the potentially available experienced coaches. Uh, I think it's a hot because I have no idea who's coaching them. I mean they've already said very clearly that they're not going to do uh, a newbie, so. They're not going to turn to an Adam Uze or that type of person. I'm not sure why you limit yourself, by the way, in that regard. But they, yeah, I, I think that's hot. They, they need a bit of structure and a bit of Al Clarkson discipline. And I think Ross Lyon, with his, he's got a bit of that in him, hasn't he, that he can really start and set the scene. And, mate, they are a rabble. But just, just on Ross, you know, I, I watch Footy Classified. But I absolutely love the show. And Ross... Gives off these anti-football vibes, like he just isn't interested. Sure. Doesn't quite, doesn't quite want to com- commit to it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just not sure that, that Ross is the answer. I don't think he's got the same drive and passion that it, that he had, um, or that that you would get from him from previous stints St Kilda and Fremantle. Um, I, I personally would be a little bit concerned if, if Ross was the new coach of Essendon. And, and, and why wouldn't they go down this, this fresh person path? Oh, I young, agree with that. Yeah. You know, uh, a, a young Bolton. Yeah. Um, you know, these sorts of culture drivers, setters, uh, new mindsets. Sometimes these old school um, attitudes actually can, can hold clubs back. You know, Essendon need. Uh, new vision. Uh, they need new thinking, um, and so I, I personally would be would be looking at a at a, at a fresh coach. But uh, I'm not part of that decision making. Well, that was hot or not for another week. Um, David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves with you on a glorious Hobart morning. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for Brett sitting next to me. You it's been a joy. We've had we've, we've had eight arguments off air. We have a couple of technical issues as well. As well, it's been a, a, a whirlwind of drama, but that's great. We've got through and we're through. What a great day we had. Vaughn was awesome. Bolts was terrific as well. Time for a Premier League update. Thanks to Optus Sport, the home of the world's best football. Uh, Arsenal, the Gunners, still remain on top of the table after the first three games, followed by Man City, Leeds United. What about Leeds, who look like they're Going to press again for a top four spot this year, maybe. 
brings back memories of Viduka and Kuehl, of course. Tottenham and Brighton all on seven points as well. Are you following the Premier League? Uh, to be honest, I'm not a, I'm not a big no, soccer not. fan. I knew that. It's that always, and it's on late at night as well. You've got to get up early. And uh, as you've seen this morning, it's not really my bag. My Toffees uh, yet to win a game with a point the other day. Catch all the Premier League and La Liga action live or on demand exclusively on Optus Sport. What are we doing this weekend, Brett? Well, we're not no doing footy. much. No, no footy. I've actually got a. Uh, I've got a bit of a brewery yeah. run on Saturday afternoon, okay. so that'll be That's good fun. Good. And then, uh, quick plug: the Reckling Community Cup Sunday, Queenborough Oval, Media versus Musicians. Yes. Uh, Reckling's major fundraiser uh, for the year. Full disclosure: I'm a Reckling employee, so getting a, a cheap plug here. But uh, pop down. You can get tickets at the gate, and uh, it's always a fun day. Uh, a, lot, a lot of food vans, some live music. Um, I'll probably kick six or seven from full four, then dart down back, eight or nine into set possessions, and then I'll, I'll wake up and have to go and play in this Reckling Community Cup, I suppose, Dave. I remember what it like was yesterday when you made your debut for HA2. 17 some, in the first quarter. Some 10, 11 years ago, and you did your hammy. At, yeah. uh, was it before quarter time? It's or never been the quarter? same, my hamstring, unfortunately. No. It still barks on winter mornings. You looked incredible for that period of time. Great to have you here, mate. I look forward to the next time. It's a big weekend of sport, and you're all going to enjoy no footy, but plenty of other things to watch.